punch you if you lied. And so it didn't take me very long to figure out I was a terrible liar. So I made a policy early in my life, and it's mostly arrogance, to be honest with you, and pride, but I said, I'm just not going to lie to anybody about anything. And so when a teacher said, why didn't you come to class? I'd tell them. You know, it's like I would just throw the truth. I'm going to try it. It really shocks people. It's like, really? You didn't try to make it sound like it was justified or, you know, I just did wrong or I spit, you know, or you ever get pulled over by a cop and try to talk them out of it, by the way? I find it really funny. And girls, you're so much better at getting out of tickets than most of those guys are. But it's like they ask me, why do you see? And I try to explain and they don't believe you. No matter what you say, you know, it's like they just know that you're. They'd write you. It's like, if you cry, Doug, that might work. I don't know if you can cry on command, but I can't. I just get mad, and so I try not to say anything because I'll figure I'll go to jail if I say anything too feisty. So I just get quiet. But my point is, People are so lied to that they don't believe it. You know, years ago, this is a horror story, but true. When I was a freshman, my mother passed away in April. And I went to my professors and I said, uh, I went home for the funeral. And I missed a couple of days of school and I flew back. And, I, and when I went to the professors, I said, well, hey, my mother died. I had to miss. They didn't believe me. They flat out didn't believe me. And it's like, you know why they don't believe you? It's because so many people have lied so many times to them. They don't believe it. You have to bring a copy of the obituary of your family member to prove that you actually had a death in the family. But Aggies don't lie, cheat or steal, remember? Yeah, whatever. You know, that was a long time ago. So it's like, I feel like if you talk to the professors on the other side of the story is, oh, my dog ate my homework. Uh Uh-huh. They don't believe anything anymore. So I feel like if you want to be believed, you might need to make a policy. I don't know what you were with your parents or if you think you're sly enough to lie and get away with it. But it's not in the light, guys. It's not there. I mean, God has never lies. He's not a, the author of lies. Someone else is, right? And so we've got to make it a policy. Now, I'm not saying you should say everything that's the truth all the time, but you certainly don't want to speak lies. So there's an old story. Do you all remember Aesop's fable, the, the boy who cried wolf? You do, Doug. I remember it. It must have made an impression on me because I love wolves anyway. But it's just, you, you guys think I like rhinos, but I actually like wolves and bears, you know, and, and stuff. But anyway, but uh, it's kind of funny because if you remember the story, for y'all that didn't read it, you surely did. But anyway, it was like the, the guy was a shepherd, and he was out there, and he was sitting around, at least in the modern version. He was kind of bored, and didn't have anything to do, and didn't get any attention, and didn't like what he was doing. So he made up a story, a big lie, and so he thought, if I cry wolf, all the people in town will come out and see me. So he cried wolf, and everybody in town, all the farmers and all, rushed to him to defend the sheep from the wolf, and there was no wolf. And of course, he, he thought that was really cool, and he did it again. And I think on the third time, or either that or the fourth time, finally... The people just go, oh, he's fooling. And you know what's going to happen, right? What happened? The wolf shows up and eats all the sheep. And, and the boy just stands there and screams until I guess he got eaten. I don't know. But either way, the, the story message is lying costs, right? There's a cost. Sooner or later, you get you caught. One of my philosophies of life is I'm too simple to lie. I basically am. Because if I lied to you, then I won't remember next week that I lied to you. And I'll mess up my lie. So it's much more complicated to come a, have a string of lies that keep building on each other and come crashing down eventually. Or, let me suggest this, you make it your policy. Emily is a woman of truth, and that's the way it's going to be. You know what I mean? If the parents don't like what you're going to say, well, tough-o, it's the truth. Right? And I really think, I remember my mom tried to trap me one time into to lying to her, and I'll never forget it because I'd already made my decision that I'm not lying to anybody because I'm bad at it. So basically she said, did you see your sister this week? And I looked at her and said, yes. 
She had forbidden me to see my sister. She had ran away from home. And I was like, yes, I did. And she's like, oh, how dare you? You know, I was like, did you want me to lie? No, I didn't want you to lie. Well, and I told you the truth. And well, don't do it again. It's like, whatever. I did it again. But you know, it's, like, it's just one of those things. It's like, she was trying to trap me into being a liar. So she could go, oh, I can't trust you. But you actually can trust me because I won't lie to you ever. You know what I mean? I, Liz and I have a little policy. When Liz asks me a question and I don't want to tell her, I'll just go, you don't want to know, dear. And she'll have to make a decision whether she really wants to know, and I'll, I'll tell her, or she might just say, okay, never mind. I don't want to know about Luke's bad behavior, right? And so, so I don't tell her, the, you know, for the sake of her soul. You know, I don't want her to know all the bad things. But you see what I'm saying? It's like, I, don't, I think it's okay not to say stuff, but I think when you lie... You're making things really complicated. And you might go, well, this is just a game we play. A little lie here, a little lie there. Your friends pick up on it. They really do. They say in, in lying, you know, people that lie in the little things, sooner or later are going to lie in something really big when it really matters. You know? And so there's, a, there's a, a Bible verse in the Old Testament that says it's basically when a liar tells a story and nobody believes him. You know, it's kind of like the, 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 the shepherd, you know, he's out there and he tells a lie over and over and sooner sooner. Or later, you get to where no one believes you when you really need to be believed. So maybe like use your capital at the right time, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So why does this really matter? You think, well, look at the, 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 the scripture goes, the fruit of light consists of. What does it consist of? And I pondered it a lot. Because being in light is something that we kind of think of, well, there's light in my soul. Jesus is in my soul. But that's really not what Paul's saying here, guys. If you really read it, Paul's saying, you have become the light. You are now the light of the world, remember? It's not like, I'm the light and I shine a little through you. It's like, no, no, now you're becoming the light. And so I'm, am I the perfect light? Heavens no, but I am the light. And I think you've got to hone that in your life. Truth is where we are, who we are. And anything else is below what God expects for you. So the little lies like stealing and the other things we talked about, they're just little practices for maybe the big event sooner or later. I feel like you've got to stop and go, nope. I'm going to be the person of truth. Let me tell you, when you're in a dating relationship or you're in a marriage, truth is important, really important. You've got to know that your partner is speaking the truth in love as best they can, or you, or you can't depend on them anymore, right? I actually did counseling for a couple years ago. This is a really funny story. People have trouble with money. You'll, you'll notice this when you get married. It's a hard subject to, to get used to each other. And, and he was just a baby about money. He was, you know, a really good guy and attractive and all that, but he just was a baby of mad money. And so he would steal checks out of the checkbook and write checks and not tell his wife that he did because he didn't want to ask for permission to spend money on dumb things, so he'd just spend it. And that's just ridiculous. You know, anybody with a brain, Kyle would beat you up. I don't know what you do, Kyle, but you don't take somebody because what would happen is they'd bounce a check because all of a sudden there was more money gone. And they would just, he'd go, oh, sorry, I didn't want to ask like, whatever, I'm going to strangle you. You know, it's like, <laughs> I just feel like those little lies turned into this. They ended up divorced. They really did. Because he wasn't man enough to tell the truth. Just go, I wanted to go play. You know what he was doing? It wasn't anything really evil. He was going to play pool at a pool hall with some friends, and he didn't want to have to ask his wife for money, so he just stole it, basically. It's like, did you guys ever steal money out of your parents' purse or something? It's like, you know how dumb that is? Yeah, it's like everybody smiles. It's like, yeah, I remember stealing little things. Well, the problem is early in your life, it's kind of cute, and then it doesn't get cute anymore. You know, you get to be the kid that you can't count on to tell you the truth and stuff. So uh, I was thinking about it. It says, okay, goodness, all goodness. It's like, what in the world does it mean? We were in 
We were in Arkansas one time. Liz and I were there, with, I think, with the girls. And we went to these caverns in northern, northern Arkansas. And they take you down in this cavern. It's underneath the waterfall. No kidding. So you finally get under. I didn't swim under. But they, that's how they found it, is swimming underneath it. But you went inside this cavern, and it was totally black. This wasn't like Carlsbad, like half a mile under the ground. We're talking about 10 feet under the ground. But it was the water had washed out all of this dirt, and it was just this cave under there. And we got to the center of the cave, and of course they do this at Carlsbad too. They turn the lights off. Did y'all ever have no light before? It is the creepiest feeling, you know, because you're, you're like, you can't even see like to step down or sit down or anything. You just, you can't see the person standing right next to you, that absolute light, and you grope around like, that's first thing instinct is to start groping around and feel a person in front of you and stuff so that you know there's somebody else in this room. And then they light a match and you're like, wow, we can see again. It's like, I feel it's sort of like that with, with the truth thing. When, when you got the light of Christ in your life, truth just can't be there. Did you see what the verse says? It says you take light somewhere and it exposes some embarrassing things. So people are uncomfortable being in the light sometimes. If you're a light to the world, there might be some people that think you're a little bit too straight there. Uh, Tommy, you know, you're a little bit too uh, serious about your faith or who knows, but your light eventually is going to make them feel bad about your life. You don't even have to say something a lot of times. There's a guy that's really famous. You guys probably need to remember this name. His name is Charles Ponzi. You guys ever heard about Ponzi scheme? Well, it was named after this guy. And what he did was cheat incredibly well, became really, really rich. So in case you don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, he basically played, played uh, tricks on rich people, took their money to investment, but never invested it. And then he took it and gave some of it back to other people. So they invested. And so he kept like never really having any money of his own, just paying them back with their own money. And then it all comes crumbling down. You know, it's like these still, still, they named the law Ponzi on Ponzi schemes over, after this guy when he got caught and put in jail. But he had stolen all this money and lied all these times. He, they say he was an incredibly good liar. He could look you in the face and just tell you what a great opportunity this was and take money from an old lady. You know what I mean? It's like one of those kind of personalities. That, to me, is such darkness. It seems to me, how could you be Christian and be a liar? Doesn't that seem kind of contradictory? But, you know, we even have preachers that lie, and, and lie in a big way, too, you know? And it's like, so obviously, in our world, there's a mixture somewhere. Which way do you want to be? Do you want to be in the light, right, in your heart? And then all you got to do, I think, is make a decision that darkness and truth, I mean, truth and lies are not with me. Truth is what I'm going to be about. And it's like, sometimes when you look at the big picture for truth, you start to see, whoa, it's way more than lies and, and truth. It's about what is true in the world. What can you count on, right? We can count on what God says. That's what that song said. We can count on what God says about us and not what the, the evil one tells us about ourselves. We're not a failure all the time. We shouldn't give up. You know, we got to hear God's message instead of the others. How about all righteousness? If you think about it, being right and doing right. There's a huge problem in this area because we, we have a theology sometimes that now we're among the Christian people and we're perfect or at least mostly good. And so therefore, we could, that's righteousness. Righteousness is way deeper than surface pretending. You all may not remember this, but the Scarlet Letter book, had any of you all studied that in school, the Scarlet Letter Oh, it's really not a great book in my mind, but it's really famous. And just in case you don't know, I, I didn't like it I was very much. But either way, the poor girl has an affair, gets pregnant, and she has to wear a, a scarlet A for adulterous on her and go through life, her whole life, with this scar. And the guy who made her pregnant, later on you find out, is actually a preacher, the preacher. But, you know, he, he basically dies in the end. It all kind of works out. But the horror is that... 
That didn't sound right, did it? But <laughs> I didn't mean it that he was being punished. But anyway, he confesses eventually. But the point, point being is that, you know what? It's like righteousness is not a facade you put on. Like the real, what, what it was talking about again in that hymn was talking about, hey guys, we have to get out there for mercy to do something for us. We have to confess it. One of the beautiful things you'd be about a Christian is we don't have to be perfect all the time on the outside because we, we know that Christ forgives us, right? And we can share with one another our failures. Nothing helps you more grow in your Christian life to be able to confess your sins and be forgiven, right? And start again and hear that maybe Hannah did it too or, you know, or Logan did it, you know, or had some problem or told a lie once. It is very edifying for people to go, oh yes, we're all struggling to be more in the truth and more in the light in our life, right? Light reveals all kinds of stuff, but you know, we get in the Christian world, there's repentance and a joy and acceptance that comes when we realize we've sinned. You put like on that book, you put in this fake righteousness on the outside, pretend that you have no sin, and you sort of close out the light of your life, you know? Your courage to go on and your, your, your self-respect even. So then we get to the third one, is all truth. Moral, living, useful truth in our life. What this means is we can't put up with lies in our culture. When we see something that's wrong and evil, we got to call it what it is. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes we think, well, we're people of the truth, but that fits into politics. It fits into all the things in our life. We don't want lies and evil to be going on. It's actually been said, which is kind of interesting. It's been said that we think of, of, of good and evil when actually maybe what the real struggle in life is between truth and lies and not really what we think it is at all. Because God's truth is beautiful and healing, right? And perfect. And you know what? Truth can be factual and be wrong. You know what I mean? It can be really wrong. What you think is for sure may not turn out that way at all if you think about it. Truth is something we have to do, man. And we have to remember that the opposite of truth is hypocrisy, right? It's when we're, we're, we're going along and we're, we're covering up our sins or we're covering up what's evil in the world. You know, just a couple weeks ago, we talked about sex slavery in Sunday school, which is my first time ever to talk about that subject ever in all these years. But I mean, it opened my eyes to a whole new kind of problem in our culture. But you know what? Truth says that's not okay, right? Truth says we got to do something, be aware of it, and make sure that we don't have any participation in that and do our best as a, as a people to stop that sort of thing. How would you know if you didn't listen and read, you know, I would never know. There's no lying and no falsehood in God. That's the most happy thought to me. You know, in heaven, there's no lies. There's no need to lie. There's no pressure to lie. I'm going to tell you true stories. I have run into several students that have just made lies their downfall. They just tell a story, and it gets bigger. And believe me, I love telling stories. Ask Liz. I can make it the most silliest stories about you, and they'll be totally wrong and, and totally pretend. But I'm talking about making stories and passing it off as truth. And, you know, you tell everybody at home, I've got, a, I've got a brand new Mercedes my dad has for me in the car. You know, it's like it gets into bigger and more ridiculous. And we get into this world of we're caught in one lie and we have to do another lie. It's all like a facade that will collapse, you know. You guys ever seen the scaffolding on those buildings when they were putting them up? There were humongous scaffoldings everywhere. It'd be almost like all the scaffoldings were really not put on tight and they're just waiting to crash down. That's what I think lying is. It's like waiting for your lie to catch up with you. Wouldn't it be simpler, guys, to just say, okay, we are people of truth, people of the light. I will not lie, period. You know, just make it your policy. What that means is if they refund you too much money from the university, you give it back. 
You know what I mean? Do you ever have somebody hand you too much change before? I have. And you know it's going to get him in trouble when you walk away with, I got a, I got a, a 50 back. I think that wasn't supposed to get her. Maybe it was a 20. But I remember looking at it and go, I only gave her a 5. You know what's happening? It's like, but that person's going to get in big trouble if you don't give it back, right? If you don't tell them, when you find the wallet, I, I think I shared the other day, I lost my wallet at the steakhouse in town. And be, I got back here for men's Bible study and called over there. And some, one of the waitresses had picked up a wallet with 300 bucks in it and my credit cards and turned it in, didn't take a penny out of it, you know, and it's like, that's what I mean, that's what truth is, right? We won't have anything to do with lying or stealing or covering up or sneaking around, because that's just not who we are, it is not our nature, it's not what God's making us. The fellowship of repentance and forgiveness and truth-telling is what the church is, guys. We're a place where you can tell the truth, even when it hurts. Sometimes growing up, part of it is just going, okay, I'm going to talk about what's really hurting me what's really going on in my life instead of pretending everything's fine and telling all your friends, oh, I'm fine, I'm doing well, school's bothering me, but then you don't tell them that you're really depressed, for instance, you know, or you're really struggling. I want to be known for, for the truth. I don't know about you guys, I totally want to be known as a truth teller. And I want you to be able to count on that. I wouldn't lie to you, you know. It's like a lot, sometimes I won't tell you what you want to hear, but I'm not going to lie to you either. So let's pray. Let's pray about you know, is the truth really in us? Is that who we are? Or are we really holding on to a part of us that likes lying and deceiving people? Let's pray. Precious Lord, we thank you that uh, you're creating something beautiful in us, that that light burns in us and bright. And we want it to shine to people around us. Lord, help us to be people of the truth so that light shines brightly. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.